Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. We're in Luke chapter 11. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 11 and got down to verse 28. I, I have a house that has a lot of light in, in the house. I mean, there's lots of big windows, and so when the, when the sun's out, you know, it's just really bright everywhere, except for one room, which we call the pantry. Now, I'm just guessing that this room used to be a sauna because it's paneled with wood like that, and yet there's big shelves in there, and we store all kinds of pots, deep shelves, so we store all kinds of pots and pans in, but there's only one light bulb, and the light bulb doesn't even have a switch. It, it's one of those where I put in a... I screwed in a sensor light, so when you walk in the room, it comes on. The problem with that is, is sometimes I walk in the room and it doesn't come on. So what do you do instinctively when that happens? You look up, <laughs> and then it comes on right in your eyes, and now you're blind, and you can't see anyway. So, you're, so I keep a flashlight in there just in case I need to look deep into a shelf because you can't really see anything, and you're blind. And so I, I, I usually keep a, a flashlight in there, but then the kids take them so they can read at night or something. And so I know what it's like to thrash around in, in, the, in blinded and trying to thrash around in the dark. But light's important. It helps us to see clearly. But we also have to have a responsibility for what we've seen, right? And, and so that's what we're going to be looking at today as we look at our text. If you'll stand with me, Luke chapter 11, verse 29. And Luke writes by the Holy Spirit. And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he, Jesus, began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign and no sign will be given it to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up in judgment with the, the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in, in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they will... They repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye, therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness." Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of the lamp gives you light. And Father, we thank you for this passage. I pray that you would open our understanding, that we might see what it is that you have to say to us today as we look at your word. I pray that you'd open it to us, Lord, that our, our spiritual eyes would be open, and that you would give us light, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as we've been traveling through 
the book of Luke, Jesus has, the, the bulk of the beginning of the book of Luke is the majority of Jesus's ministry. And he spends, a, a, for a very short period of the end of Jesus's ministry, Luke uses the last part of his book, quite the, the lion's share of his book, is on this last couple of weeks as Jesus heads towards the cross. Now, the first part, he was in Galilee, and now he's, he's come down from Galilee to Judea and headed towards Jerusalem. And sending out the 70, they did miracles and stuff, but Jesus didn't do a miracle until this last, the beginning of chapter 11, when we saw that he cast out a demon that had made a man mute. Now, if you remember, when he did that, they accused him that he cast out demons by the prince of demons, by Beelzebub. And, and another group was saying, you know, give us a sign, you know, give us a sign that we may believe. And we, you know, we think about that, and there's lots of signs that Jesus did. You know, there's lots of miracles that Jesus has done. And, and it's not just that this is the first time in Judea. The, the Gospel of John actually tells us that he went down to Judea several times during his Galilean ministry, just for festivals or for feasts or whatever. And he would go down there and he would heal people and, and he would, you know, the lame man by the pool of Bethesda. And, and there was a lot of things that Jesus had done. The man who was born blind, as, as Jeremiah talked about in the last couple of weeks. And so they're not, uh, this, they're not a stranger to Jesus' miracles, but they're asking for some sort of a sign. And as we look at our text today, we're going to see his response to that specific argument that they need to see a sign. And so it says in verse 29, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. And we did talk a little bit about this last time because what they're asking for isn't for Jesus to, to heal the sick or to raise the dead. And, and not to say that those things aren't signs. If you remember in Acts chapter 4, when the disciples had been persecuted, they'd raised the, the lame man up at the gate beautiful, and he was walking and leaping and praising God. They, then they were persecuted and beaten and jailed and whipped, and, and they, they left, and they went and they gathered in a place and they prayed that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and give them boldness, and that signs and wonders would be done in the name of, their whole, of, of his, God's holy servant, Jesus. And, and so they, they believed that these things were signs and wonders, these, these miracles that were being performed. But what they were looking for wasn't a, a, a sign like you know healing the sick or, or raising the dead, but something that would be a national sign, something that would break the laws of nature on a large scale, such as parting the Red Sea or bringing down man from heaven or, or something like that that the entire nation of Israel would see and recognize as a as a sign now you remember when he fed the 5,000 that they even at that time they tried to to take him and make him a king that was almost good enough right but they're they're asking now for some sort of a sign and Jesus says the only sign that they're going to get is the sign of the prophet Jonah which which is kind of an interesting statement here in Luke because he doesn't really explain that Matthew does, however. And so in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus goes on to say, recording the same incident, Jesus goes on to say, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so Jesus is, of course, speaking of his burial and resurrection. Now, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the story of Jonah, 
but it's, it's kind of an interesting story, and it's you know, one of those ones we learn in Sunday school a lot of the times because it's just so colorful. You know, here's this prophet who God says, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and, you know, proclaim this judgment on them. And Jonah's like, hey, no, I won't go, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not. And so he gets on a ship heading for Spain. He's not going to go. He's not going to go to to Nineveh. And, and why? Well, because, you know, maybe some racism, you know, Jews thought that they were the only people that were saved and the Gentiles were just filthy dogs. And, you know, the, the Gentiles had earned that name and especially the Assyrians. The Assyrians, where this, the capital city was Nineveh, were especially bad. They worshipped a god by the name of Dagon, who was a fish god. And because of that, when they would attack cities, they would besiege cities, they would get into those cities, they would break down the walls, or they would starve the people out, and then when the people finally came out, they would slaughter them. And they wouldn't just kill them, but they would cut them open while they were alive. They'd bring out babies and pregnant women. They would cut people's heads off and pile them in big piles in front of the city. It was, it was awful. But if you were unfortunate enough not to be killed in that way, then what they would do is they would displace you from the land that you lived in to take you to another land, a place where you wouldn't be comfortable. If you were a, 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 you know, a Mediterranean person like the Israelites were living on the Mediterranean, they would take you to the mountains, or they'd take you to the desert, or they'd take you somewhere that was completely opposite of the way that you would you'd do agriculture, or the way that you'd survive, and so basically keep everybody in a bad place. But, but it wasn't just that. What they would also do to you is they had these giant, because of Dagon, their fish god, they would have these giant fish hooks. And they would take them, and they'd put them into your mouth, under your tongue, and poke them through out the bottom of your chin. And then they'd put you on a chain gang, and they would carry you. You know, you'd walk behind a, a horse or a cart or something like that in a big long line of people with fish hooks in their jaw. And you see that a lot in the Old Testament. You hear about putting hooks in their jaw. That's what they would do. They'd carry you to that place that they're going to take you with this awful fish hook, barbed fish hook in your jaw. Could you imagine? And so these were awful people. And, and Jonah certainly did not have any love for them. And so he gets on a boat heading for Ty- Tarshish and, you know, of course, the storm. And they, you know, cast lots and find out that it's Jonah. He says, throw me overboard. So they do. And a great fish comes. God had prepared a fish, remember? And it came and it swallowed Jonah. And it took him three days and three nights down from the Mediterranean into the, into the ocean and down around the horn and up the Tigris River and spit him out on the shore. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.